As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I'm Josh Giddy, and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku, and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these? I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, very rarely, if never, on Fridays, it's my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? Yeah, very excited to see what uh, Fry Pod Alex becomes. Oh, we no. know what we know what Thursday pods are like. We know what Wednesday pods are like, but let's see what Friday pods are like. Oh no! Um, so I'm in Las Vegas. Covering the NBA Summer League, which started last night. There was a game that started at 9 o'clock Pacific last night. Dude, I obviously like would never wish an injury on anyone. But as soon as I realized that Shaden Sharp was out for the rest of the game, I was like, okay, well, at least I, like, I'm going to bed. Like You I was, weren't the only one. I was Because I'd, wa- I'd been watching since the Salt Lake City, so I'd already watched three games. Yeah. And by the end, even though I was really excited, and the first quarter was it like started off really hot, mm-hmm. but then it started slowing down, and then I realized Sharp wasn't coming back, and I was like, you know what, I can watch these Detroit guys. It became later. the <laughs> ugliest game. The officials, yeah. what people don't realize is like the officials. This is their summer league too, yeah. so like people on the fringes of becoming NBA officials are the ones calling these games, and it was a disaster. <laughs> it's so it's so weird. Like I don't even why even have free throws? Like you don't need who cares? Why why just, just give the two points and let's move on. Let the boys play. That's what I it's say. Just, and the, and there was a challenge in one of the the OKC games. Oh my, there was a challenge in that game too. I just could not <sighs> believe they're using coaches challenges in summer league. It's just like, come on, we use them in the league. We know they work great. Please don't use them in inconsequential games. And I guess maybe it's for 
these coaches as well. I mean, this is everybody just trying stuff. So, yeah. Hey, did you? Uh, you probably didn't because you were in the arena. But have you since seen the interview with Dame? No. He he was on the sidelines, and they had someone out there interviewing him, and they asked him about Shaden Sharp. It was just it was very sh- strange. Like it it was not what you would expect a teammate to say on a guy's like professional debut day. What did he say? Um, let, let me see if I can look it up. It was it was like, you know, basically when you're a top ten pick, you have to have some pride in that and want to come and show up and prove everybody wrong, like stuff like that. Where Weird. We, like, I did not come away from the interview thinking, ooh, Dame's really pumped about <laughs> them using that pick on Shane Sharp. He didn't that seem was like not Dame's guy. the impression I got. I don't know if that was the impression he wanted to convey, but that uh-huh. was the impression I got. Wow. That's really weird. That is really weird. It was weird. And it was just like such – I mean, it was as deflating as last year was was with us with Giddy. Yeah. It's like you see one cool play, and you're like, all right, let's go, and then it's over. <laughs> It and was, who knows? Like, if Sharp doesn't play the rest of this summer league, and now we're pushing this, like, it's almost becoming like a, it would become like a Ben Simmons thing where it's like, when are we going to see this guy play real basketball? <laughs> oh, gosh. I hope not. I, know, I, was, <laughs> it's just, I was so pumped to see him. He physically looked pretty unimpressive. You know, yeah. a lot of people talked about him as like, oh, he's this wing. You can do this. Like, he looks, I'll sit next to Keith Parrish who does the Grizzlies pod and fast break breakfast. And um, we were both just like, yeah, he looks unimpressive. He looks normal. Like he just looks like a normal guy out there yeah. physically. So he's got to show off some skills and really, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see more. I wish I could have. I know. I, I really hope he comes back. I mean, it's a strange shoulder. That's, that sounds like, the average uh, summer league injury that would just keep you out the rest of it because why bother? Yes. Yeah. So we probably won't see him and it's just, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that was whatever. Uh, before we get to the Thunder stuff, what did you think of the Paolo versus Jabari Smith matchup? Well, a few things. One, who knows how it's going to turn out, but just my instant reaction game one was I'm glad that they took Paolo number one yeah. and that, there's no chance we have to look back and say, okay, see, passed on Paulo. I'm just glad that that is completely out of the equation. We don't even have to worry about it. Hey, we never had a chance. We never had a it chance. It is to take none it. of our concern, Al. <laughs> yeah. It is, who cares? It's none of our concern. We have, yeah. So that was my first thought. Second thought was uh, how, like, I, I don't want to say painful, but just like how weird this whole arc has been for Rockets fans. Yeah, to have the media tell you with like ninety nine percent certainty for a month that you were getting Paulo Bencaro, and on the day the, of the draft, by the and way, the, day of the draft, the guy who the breaks point, the news tells you this is who you're getting. Like more than any other fan base, they had locked in on their guy, had already completely sold themselves on that guy, and then for everything to flip in that like minute before the draft, and then. <laughs> To have to go to summer league in your very first game is watching that guy, and and he does what he does. Like, it's just it's cruel. It's a cruel arc for those Rockets fans because <laughs> we we saw them after the draft. They were like immediately trying to talk themselves in 
to Jabari, oh, as yeah. you would do. He was supposed to be the number one pick, and so we technically got the number one pick. Yeah. yeah, and saying, you know, like, well, Paulo wasn't smiling in his uh, in his magic <laughs> press conference. <laughs> and oh, for all like that, that to come back around, I just have to imagine watching that was like, mm, yep, that was why I liked him. Can you imagine how it would have looked? Like, Rockets fans would have been gloating in, just insanely. Oh, if, if had he had him. fallen to three? Yeah. Yeah. Because he... Yeah. So the, the first thing that stuck out to me is how physically... Like how physically gifted he is. He's huge. I mean, yeah. com- compared to Jabari, they look like they play a different sport. I mean, it was... Yeah, he's massive. It was wild. And it's going to look e- even maybe more wild against Chet because Chet's taller and longer. And, you know, he's yeah. like the, the opposite of Paolo. And then, like, he just wanted to beast everybody. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was so much fun to watch. Uh, Jabari, honestly, I just was not impressed with Jabari. Like he's going to need, he kind of needs a table setter. And if he was the one like playing with Josh Giddy in, you know, Utah, he might've looked really good. Uh, but when you're playing with Josh Christopher, who's like only objective is to drive at the basket and get buckets, um, yeah. you can't, you don't. I mean, they didn't have it. I mean, Ty Ty Washington was like the closest thing to a table setter, and he really wasn't doing that very well. Um, so it just led to Jabari kind of get like getting like offensive scraps at times. You know? <laughs> yeah, it was. And I, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't impressed, but I don't feel like it was the a good setting for him to to impress. And we and you kind of heard people wondering that when when they took the pick like on the one hand like yes his defense is such a massive need for houston and to have a shooter like that like there are elements of it that are a really perfect fit but then on the flip side it's like is he going to get the ball yeah on this team because even beyond this summer league team with the roster like i kind of feel similarly about their regular roster so we'll have to see what happens there in the regular season but yeah, they could definitely use just like a a guy who wants to get Jabari the ball. Yeah. Like a point guard who has that mindset, like I'm going to get this guy going because no one had that mindset last night. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was kind of as we expected a little bit. It would have been surprising if he was just like taking the ball and he had he had one drive where he scored but it didn't look super fluid. Um it would all, it would have almost been more surprising if he was just like taking guys off the bounce and you know killing Paolo with the nail or something like that. Um, this is kind of who he's supposed to be, and yeah, you know the Rockets just have a bunch of interesting players. I mean, I guess the only positive is that they don't have Christian Wood anymore because they they took one me first guy <laughs> off the team. Good job. That is, that is definitely another guy who would not have gotten the ball to Jabari. <laughs> He would have been trying to prove to everybody that he's better than Jabari. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay. Thunder Summer League. We got to see the the highest highs and a uh, a little bump in the road for Chet. But what were your what are your Chet feelings here on Friday, July eighth? Um, I think if if you went to a lab and t- tried to design a player to embarrass Chet. I think you would design Kenneth Lofton Jr. 
because <laughs> he has like all the qualities you're looking for. Yeah. Like he is undrafted. You know that that adds a little bit there. But on the flip side, he knows Chet probably better than the majority of the guys coming into the league. Like yes. he has played against Chet so many times. And so he is like uniquely designed to embarrass Chet in this setting. And you look at the rest of his game, you know, like what do you have? Like 19 points on 17 shots. He had like a bunch of turnovers. Like he, he wasn't good defensively. Yeah. And yet when you got the ball anywhere near close to the rim, like he was absolutely able to beast Chet. It yeah. was like his one incredible skill during that game that he would just <laughs> went to over and over again. And the game as a whole was kind of like, whatever, this guy's kind of like a little bit wild out of control at times. But for that one skill, like he did it. So yeah, I think that like Kenneth Lofton Jr. was new, uniquely suited to do what he did against Chet. The fact that he weighs like 85 pounds more than him, but is also like six, he's probably more than that. He's probably like eight inches shorter than him. Yeah. Like it, it was just like a, a perfect storm of events for a player to embarrass Chet. <laughs> and he, he's just this thick daddy who is more of a thick baby. He doesn't look like he could be a daddy. Um, he he was really fun. Like, let's just be honest. Like, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed watching him play. And Chet's going to deal with stuff like this. And to me, I kind of enjoy seeing that happen. I don't want to see how he reacts. Okay, so... You get beasted. What's your reaction? And his reaction in game was to try to find other ways to contribute. You know, like he tr- tried his best with with Lofton, and then tried to contribute in other ways. And you could tell, like, he was tired. I mean, yeah. he he played a back to back. He was tired, and you know that's okay. A lot of those guys were tired. Um, so I'm interested to see what he looks like. Uh, here in Vegas, and against, they, I think they they play against the Rockets in their first game here on Saturday, uh, which should be a really fascinating matchup because um, Tari Eason is going to try to kill him. That's uh, that's a yeah. that's a guarantee. Tari was Tari, Tari was so much fun. He was um, he was really wanting like Paolo to go to go at him. Um, it was just it was fascinating to watch. Tari Eason was built for summer league. Like this is like yeah, this the setting for Tari to shine is kind of this wild west of a basketball league, you know, where it's just about showing your talent only and not about fitting in a system or anything like that. It is the epitome of your turn, my turn, and like only one on one defense. And that's like Tari's gonna look awesome. I think if if you put together like a top ten list of like the best summer league players in Vegas, like Tari Eason will make it because he was just built for this. Um, I have a lot of questions about what he can look like in like a real NBA offense and a real NBA systems and real NBA defenses. But for here, he's great and uh, he's going to want to destroy Chet on Saturday. So yeah. just be just be aware that that, that, that well, can happen. I mean, that was the other big takeaway from that second game was that the the Chet discourse, like, this isn't going away. No. This is going to be a thing every single game. Oh, my god! It'll be rare that you have a break from this. 
Like maybe mm-hmm. when we, I was think, I was trying to go through the teams. Like who are the teams where this won't be a thing where people won't be like, oh, how's he going to match up with who so and so? I was thinking like Golden State maybe. Like, is anyone really interested in like the Kavon Looney Chet matchup? Probably we can, not. We can take a break that night. Yeah, but like even the Kings, like Sabonis, like Sabonis is absolutely going to go at him. Yep. And and Yusuf Nurkic. For the Blazers, like, dude yep. is huge. And so this I thought is going of this to... the other day. Yeah. Zion. So this is where, like, and this is why through the pre-draft process, I was getting more comfortable with the idea, like, if they took a second big, I wouldn't be, like, upset about it. Mm-hmm. Because I do wonder how OKC in season is going to adjust. Like, if that had happened in season – where Kenneth Lofton Jr., where there's just this random guy mm-hmm. who just happens to be like perfectly suited to beat Chet. Mm-hmm. If that's happening where he's scoring every single time down the court, like they're going to make an adjustment. Pull him. I don't I don't know what that adjustment's going to be. Like are you bringing in a bigger guy like Derek Favors or maybe it ends up being like Jay Will or someone yeah. to play the 5 and you're moving Chet to the 4. I just want to see how the team responds because yeah. Initially, I was so focused on like the guys like Embiid and Jokic. Like, mm-hmm. duh. Like, Chet is like everybody gets beasted by them. Yeah, everyone gets beasted by them. But also, like the idea of Chet guarding Embiid. Like, th- what people have in their mind is that Embiid is just going to go down, get the ball in the block, scoring him every single time. He'll shoot like thirty for thirty mm-hmm. from 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 the lane. Obviously, that's not going to happen because the team would adjust at some point, but. I'm just starting to wonder, like, what is that adjustment really going to look like? I, I honestly don't think that the Embiid's and even Jokic's are the guys that are the concern with him. I think bigger guys that are going to be more slow and methodical, like he's he can get a pretty strong base, and then he's really good at like on like timing of blocking shots. Like he showed that in Game One, where it was bigger guys that were trying to post him up and they couldn't do it. Yeah. Where you get in trouble is when you have bigs that get ahead of steam that can go right into his chest and bump him. Yeah. And so I think that it's really not even those guys that you're concerned about. I think it's it is like the Zions of the world. And Zion destroys everybody. I mean, when he was healthy, he was scoring at like a ridiculous rate at the rim on everyone, and he will do that to Chet too. Um it's honestly like if they match up against Paolo, and we've seen it before, obviously, but you know Paolo is the kind of guy uniquely skilled to to beat Chet, and so it's gonna, and more so than in summer league, like they're gonna have a team defense that's not gonna just involve just Chet getting beat over and over again. Like they're gonna figure they'll figure something out, but it's. That's a it's gonna be a something to watch, certainly, with how Mark handles it during the season. Because I do think that know, they want to play five out. And that's like that's why you draft Chet, is so you can play five out. And so right. how do you handle how do you handle the other end at times? Yeah, I wonder who the random guy is going to be. Because we can all think of like the obvious names, but there's gonna be someone like Kenny Lofton who just for whatever reason is just like uniquely suited yeah. to go against Chet. I don't yeah. know who that's going to be yet. I'm like looking through the teams right now, seeing if I can pick someone out. But there's going to be someone. I mean, it, it happened with 
it happens with basically every player. Mm-hmm. Like there, there was a reason that the Sixers signed Al Horford back when they did. It was yeah. because for whatever reason, Al Horford just played really well against Joel Embiid. Yep. And they were like, well, if we can take that guy off the market and have this backup for Embiid, who's not always healthy, like this seems like a perfect idea. It didn't work out. But that was one of the thoughts behind getting Al Horford is that he played so well against him. Yeah, like there are just these random matchups against really good guys. I mean, when when the, the Thunder waved Isaiah Roby, you saw yeah. a lot of people coming out saying, "Hey, Roby was incredible against Jokic that one game," and it was like, "Look, you know, maybe Roby is that guy for Jokic." You know, <laughs> like if like every great player has some random guy who's really good against them. Yeah, and it's definitely Kenny Lofton, but I'm interested to see who else it might be in the league. There, there will be other players that will emerge yeah um the good things about chet though the pull-up man the pull-up looks really good the shot looks really good i know it didn't go in a whole lot he you could tell he was tired he's kind of short-arming a lot of things uh in the game too but man he looks so fluid taking those shots you can you can see him being an actual shooter at the nba level which i think is really exciting and one of the reasons thunder took him at two honestly was that they believed that he could shoot and do all the other things uh, and create a little bit for himself. I, I thought like the self-creation ability uh, was, a little su- was a little surprising. I didn't expect to see it this quickly. I don't know what you thought. Um, <clears throat> I, was, I was happy because that, that's kind of what I was anticipating, and I had kind of baked it in to my excitement about Chet. Like, yeah. He's going to go to OKC, and they're going to let him spread his wings. Yeah. They're going to let him make these mistakes. They're going to let him try stuff, and we'll just see what's there because we knew that some of that stuff was there in high school. Yep. Didn't get to do it as much in college. Let's just let him – let's just see what happens. And I, I felt like right out of the gates in game one, they were letting him kind of do what he wanted offensively and try some stuff out. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have no doubt that that's going to continue on into the season. I mean, they, they, to OKC's credit, they've given guys in the regular season a lot of slack yeah. to, to try stuff out. Oh, Darius Baisley, for one, where it's just been yeah. like, because I've asked Mark about it a lot, about Darius and kind of what they want to do with him. And like the continual like phrasing is, we don't want to box him in. We kind of want him to figure this stuff out on his own. And in that kind of setting where you're like, Actually, go go ahead and box that box that baby up and, and stick and him they, in the corner. And they eventually did. Yeah, but like with a, a talent like Chet, like they're they really are going to let him do his thing. And you know, I, I'm I'm very excited to see what that could look like because of the way the pull up looked, the passing looked, um, and the fact that he's just like almost like forcibly team first. You know, with, yeah. with the way that he is post game and stuff like that. So I think it's so unique that both Giddy and Chet and and Shay to, to some extent as well. Like these are all like alphas. Like, yeah, these guys are are mother efforts. Yeah, they they the way they carry themselves. Like yes. they want to destroy you. Yes, and yet, especially with Giddy and and now I feel like with Chet, like. They're also like super team first. Like they're totally fine with kind of fading into the background when they need to be. Mm-hmm. Now, Shea has more of that, like, I want to be the guy. 
like we, we saw it with the recent quotes coming out of like the Canada qualifiers. Like yeah. Shea wants to be that guy. And I think that's good because he wants that in a way that it doesn't feel like Giddy and Chet do as much. Yeah. Like they're they're open to it. But and, but they're and but Shea's they all game is similar... more suited for being Absolutely, the guy. Yeah. 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 So I, I just love that. Like Chet's personality, it's why I think I mean, you see like the bonding between him and Giddy already. Yeah. Like those guys' personalities just fit. They so met well like together. two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm very excited about that. Like, yes, everything on the court is cool, but like Chet has that personality yeah. that you're looking for in the same way that Giddy has that personality, in the same way that Shea has that personality. And when you're building this team that's going to be like very fluid and there's a bunch of different ball handlers, like you can run the risk of getting too many guys who are passive and are willing yeah. to just kind of like play in the flow. And I feel like you need those personalities at the top, which I do think they have. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the dunk yesterday from Giddy was <laughs> so much fun. And it was because he, I think, did he get stripped on the previous possession? There was something where he got embarrassed. Uh, he, he got blocked. He yeah. like had driven it in. The guy just like destroyed. Yes, destroyed yes, shot yes. He, was he going, went in so slow. Going in for his floater, and like he saw it coming from a mile away, and he jumped like three feet in the air and blocked it. Yeah. Um, then he took it back on the next possession. It's like I'm just going to dunk on you. Like I'm pissed off at how this went for me. And I'm just going to dunk in your face. And then not only that, he stared him down and got a tech. It was very cool. It was very cool. And that was that was a lot of what we saw in the NBL with him was that he's got this like attitude on the court. And you kind of wondered like how does that manifest off the court? And it like really doesn't. Like he's just kind of an awesome guy. But on the court, this is only going to start growing with him. This like I'm going to destroy you. I'm more competitive than you are. You know, I'm yeah. going to rub it in your face whenever I beat you. It's uh it was exciting, honestly. It was really really fun to watch that play. I'm sitting here in my hotel room watching on my laptop and I could not believe it. I couldn't believe that he did that. And you know, he's obviously not the most athletic guy, so when you see him use that athleticism like that, it's just like even more just kind of jarring. And it's plays like that that make me less worried about all the concerns. Because there are legitimate concerns with Giddy. Like, yep. he has trouble getting by guys. He's not super athletic. His shot, <laughs> I don't know why I thought, like, going into these three summer league games, he was going to have a <laughs> was gonna be rework fixed. shot. Right. Yeah, I was, like, so excited to see it. And then you see it, and you're like, well, that kind of looks like Josh's shot. Yeah. Um, at the same time, like, he had that crazy step back. I think it was in, like, game two where it was like so smooth, like the footwork yeah. was so smooth and then he made it. Mm -hmm. So there's still like major concerns offensively for Josh, mm -hmm. and especially with self-creation. However, his willingness to go at guys over and over again gives me hope that as he gets stronger, all of that is going to translate. Yeah. Like even if he doesn't become a 40% shooter, which I do think eventually he could become like a good standstill shooter. I, I feel like kind of comfortable with that. But even if he doesn't become like some amazing three-point shooter, I feel like his willingness to drive, his willingness to go to the hoop, as he gets stronger, all of those finishes are going to become a lot easier for him because yes. when he bumps guys, which he's willing to do, guys are going to start moving. And so 
that's why I feel more comfortable with Giddy. And then you factor in the age, the fact that like only Usman Jang is younger than him on this team. Yep. And then it kind of like starts blowing your mind. Like we're six years away from him entering his prime. Right. Right. So like I, I, I can't give up on the shot after <laughs> he's played, I think, 57 <laughs> games now against NBA level or equivalent competition. Yeah. He feels like a guy that is going to figure it out at some point. And it may just be standstill, and it may it may not be an off the dribble thing, but like if he and Shea are here in six years, and Chet and whoever else they have, I just ha- I just kind of believe in the guy. You know, I I would be surprised if he just never figured it out, even if figuring it out looks like thirty four percent from three or thirty five percent from three, where it's like you at least have to get a hand up because he's gonna take them. You know, if that's all it looks like, like I think that's even passable for him. But I just have to believe that he's going to be someone that figures it out. And going back to Chet, like obviously after the Kenny Lofton game, our thoughts are going to the defensive side. Like, sure. you know, how are they going to adjust? What's going to happen here? But I do think you're right in that we have to fall back on the defensive system that's been in place in OKC for a couple of years now, where they've been playing guys at center who, like, we're pretty confident aren't great defenders long term and they've still been able to put a top half defense on the court yeah and so i kind of have to trust that they're going to figure it out with a guy who many see as like a generational defender you Mm -hmm. know like i just can't get too worried about this one kenny lofton game that all that said on the flip side like what chet's going to do for this team offensively and then i'd also i'd bring jalen williams into this as well Mm -hmm. uh, j-dub like they're shooting like, Shea has never played with the type of spacing he could potentially play with. Like, right off the bat, just having Chet in the starting lineup is going to be a huge gift oh, to Shea. Gosh. Yes. And then if you put J-Dub in there as well in some lineups, like, he's going to have so much more room to run around. Yeah. <laughs> like, Shea is so good at collapsing defenses, getting into the paint, getting those paint touches, those valuable paint touches. It's going to be so much easier when you have Chet spaced, when you have J-Dub spaced, when, you know, I mean, Giddy's going to be doing what Giddy does. Maybe we see some improvement from Dort. Like, I just, I just feel so much more confident about what Shea's going to be able to do going forward. Yeah, I mean, you just think about what Mike Muscala did for him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how <laughs> helpful he was to those lineups to the point where you have to ask, you're asking yourself some weird questions last year about Mike Muscala <laughs> and, like, what... <laughs> What he can do for your basketball team. Is he a Max guy? <laughs> I mean, I remember asking Mark about it. I was like, I don't know if, if you've seen these numbers, if you've seen these lineup numbers with Mike Muscala. And he was just like, listen, like those are, those are not, he was almost just like, those aren't real. Like we couldn't play Mike more than we're playing him. And we're giving him the exact kind of minutes that, he would succeed in and like now you can give those to chet and you can play him for 30 minutes a game so it really does raise the floor of what this team can be just having somebody that you feel confident can score because it really was i mean dort was their second best scorer last year and it wasn't particularly close well you look at so as we start thinking about next season, I'm pretty comfortable 
saying if everyone's playing and healthy, they're going to have at least a top half defense. Probably if so. not a top ten defense. Like oh I think gosh. top ten is realistic. Now I would say ten. I'm saying ten, but that still counts as top ten. And then oh, on the other yeah. side of the ball, like they they've been one of the worst offenses in the league the last three years. Yeah. And you just wonder what does playing a guy who at the very baseline has the skills that Mike Muscala did, and we saw what those lineups could do. If you are playing someone like that who can also do a lot of other stuff, 30 minutes a game, how much can their offense jump up next season? Even if it's only to, like, 20th. I was going to say 25th. Like, they're going to be closer to the play-in than I might have previously thought. We'll get into that later. I think there's a, a, a TQ on that. Go, let's go to the TQs. Let's, uh, yeah, I guess we can maybe run through some other players in the summer league. Um, all right. Oh, I just lost it. Our, and they're gone. And they're gone. All right. First Twitter question is from Sportsfan405. If we have a playoff series tomorrow, how many guys do you feel... <clears throat> Excuse me. Do you feel comfortable giving rotation minutes to? Has Jalen Williams, which I, which is J Dub J A L E N Williams, shown enough to make it in the rotation? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed Internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, yeah, I, I, absolutely. Um, it's only, it's only three games, uh, could be proven wrong, but <laughs> he looks like a second year guy. Yeah. Like he, he looks like these other guys that are coming back where, you know, I, I know there's a lot of talk about Poku. We're talking about Giddy. Um, there's probably some talk about JRE. Like on some level, it's cool to see those guys at summer league, but on the other hand, like, I'm not going to feel that differently about them after three summer league games yeah. than I did like a month ago when I actually watched them play NBA games. Yeah. And I almost feel that way now about Jalen Williams, where it's like, he has been so good in these first couple of games. It's like, shut him down. Like this guy's ready to go. Like I, I don't really need to see anymore. <laughs> I'm happy to see more. Yeah. I'm excited to see more, but I don't really need to see more. Like this guy has already shown me a ton in three games. He is so confident and he, and he just, he brings energy in a way that they need like, I don't know if he's the most athletic guy out there, but he plays in a way that, like, just the energy he brings to the court gets me really excited. So I'm, I, I would agree. It, well, I don't know if sports fan is saying that he agrees, but I, I would say if I'm th- if we're playing a playoffs tomorrow, Andrew, yeah. game one, Jalen Williams is definitely in my rotation. Yeah, part of that is that there's not a lot of really good players on the Thunder. <laughs> it's like number one. <laughs> um, okay, all right. <laughs> number two. Well, the hypothetical assumes we've already made the playoffs, Andrew. So you can't you can't quibble with that. We've already made the playoffs. <laughs> um, I I think he does. I think the off ball stuff that he's shown is pretty impressive, which makes me think that he he's going to be able to function in a lineup with Shea and Giddy and Chet pretty well. And yeah. just the fact that he's a shooter, uh, it means a lot to Oklahoma City fans, you know, and to the team that he's able to just shoot the three. Uh, defensively, I have a lot of questions, uh, like what he looks like, who he guards. I think he's almost – I mean, he's better off guarding like guys that are just spacers or slower forwards, I think. I think guards are just going to destroy him. And so you worry about like guys getting sw- – him getting switched on to different players. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens in this playoff series. Hmm. With these guys, four, four, five sounds like Andrew's not putting him in his playoff rotation. He's playing Shea forty-eight minutes a night. Gonna run him ragged. If we're gonna win this series, we gotta that's, we gotta go extreme. You know that is true. We we probably are playing Shea Giddy, Dort, and Chet forty minutes a game. Yeah, in this playoff series, this hypothetical playoff series. Uh, Thunder Chats says, "Granted, he's still coming along, but can I mark you guys down as part of the the Jang Gang?" Hashtag Jeng Gang. Um, listen, I think it would be disingenuous uh, for me to join the Jeng Gang. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't say that uh, I was not in on this guy for months and months during the pre-draft process, and then after three summer league games where he shot twenty-seven percent from the field, all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, sign me up for the Jeng Gang membership. Like <laughs> that, I would, I would be, I, that would be disingenuous of me. You don't want me in the Jeng Gang right now. I. Yeah. I I need to I need to come around on Usman Jang until I, I, I could apply for membership. 
Yeah. So I don't think you, you want me right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he is. I'm not even going to say I'm, I'm disappointed because how he played is absolutely how I expected him to play. Like watching his games, and that's not that's honestly not even a shot because there okay. are some things. <laughs> okay. He's he's doing well. Yeah. That I saw in the New Zealand Breakers games. Yeah. That. Are, but but as one of my like big things with him is offensively in those New Zealand Breakers games, he was bringing the ball up a ton. He was running pick and rolls a ton. And my question was, what is this guy going to do in OKC? And we already saw it in Summer League. It's mm-hmm. like he's not getting those reps. Yeah, He's in the corner taking mm-hmm. threes. And so I still have questions about what is the developmental plan for this guy? What do they envision him as long term? I do think in Vegas... Uh, we're i'm assuming giddy's not playing i'm assuming that like maybe poku won't play either yeah any way they could reduce the number of ball handlers to get jang more reps i think will be good for him just so that we can see more of what he does because Mm -hmm. so far on offense like it's just been hard I, i i can't i can't say that he's like popped off the screen in any way like j dub is popping off the screen he's popping multiple times per game popping Jang hasn't done that yet. At the yeah. same time, Jang is the youngest guy on the court for the yeah. Thunder. So, like, I am in no way writing him off. I'm just telling you what my impression is after three summer league games, knowing that it's only three summer league games. Mm-hmm. I'm more excited to see him in Vegas than some of the other guys on the team because he's the one I still have questions about that could potentially be answered in a different setting. Yeah. So, we'll see. Are you in the Jang gang, Andrew? Uh I'm not in the Jang gang. I need to see more to uh, apply for membership, I suppose. Mm. Uh, defensively, I like what I see. I think he's going to play because of that. I think Mark will play him because he can play pretty good team and on-ball defense. And offensively, I actually like the way the shot looks. It just wasn't going in. Um, so we'll see. And then he, I think he's going to be a connector piece. Uh, down the road but i'm not there with him yet i'm with you that it would be a disingenuous membership if i uh jumped on now because yeah he didn't exactly light up salt lake city um and 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 another good thing we can say about him is he definitely is not afraid to take threes no it was great i like that that he's definitely something in the past that we has bothered us about certain thunder players yes does not look like it's going to be an issue with Usman. He's very willing to take threes. He's letting it fly. Which is great. Yeah. Yeah, I very much enjoyed that. Uh, at Simon Eat Dog, prediction for the, s- the season opening starting lineup based on what we saw in Summer League. And also, what is your ideal starting lineup? I, I would be surprised at this point if it is not Shea Giddy, Dort, Jerry, Chet. Yeah, same. I would be surprised. Could it be something else? Sure. What would be my ideal? Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's really tough because in some ways I really want to get J-Dub yeah. in that lineup. But it's hard to do yeah. because you're either sending Dort to the bench or you're entrusting s- someone else of Shea, Gideon, Dort to play the four to like start. You play J-Dub four. with or, the four. Or, or J-Dub. But can you? Yeah, I think so. He's huge. I I know he's he's also like six six, right? Yeah, he's got seven two wingspan. He's pretty thick. Like he's pretty built. 
I think there are teams where you could have that as your starting lineup. Yeah, and Giddy can defend some force. He's six. But eight. like, if 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 they're opening night and they're playing Cleveland, like, no, I'm not. That's probably not going to be my starting lineup. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know. I don't know. Let's get weird. Like, if they're playing Minnesota, game one. Let's get. What weird. do you want as your starting lineup? Let's get weird. Rudy's not going to post up J Dub. Just. Oh, that'd be, actually be. Yeah, so put Chet on Cat and then put J-Dub on Gobert because you're not worried about Gobert. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, well, that that's my ideal lineup then. Yeah. Give me Shea, Giddy, Dort, J-Dub, Chet. Boom. I think we will see that. I think we will see that happen Yeah. next year. But yeah, I think Jeremiah starts. Jeremiah's looked good. He's looked really good. I was kind of curious how J-Will would look. Um. Honestly, haven't been that impressed with Jay Will. I think he's been. He is shooting eight percent from the field through uh, three games. He, <laughs> I, I do feel like, in his defense, mm-hmm. this does not seem like the greatest environment for him to be showing off his skills. Yeah. Um, I I've seen enough to say that I agree with the assessment that he does the dirty work, Andrew. Mm-hmm. The question is, what else does he do? Mm-hmm. Other than the dirty work, mm-hmm. uh, uh, because you know people talked about Nick Collison as this guy who, oh, he's coming in with his pail and his hard hat and he's doing the dirty work. But like Nick Collison was also like very skilled. He was a very skilled big. Like he he could run that pick and roll with James Harden and make it look really good. Yeah. So he did he did more than just the dirty work. And so far, like when I when I close my eyes and think about Jay Will. I think of the multiple charges he has already taken. Yeah. Which great. It's very exciting. I'm not a huge fan of charge takers in general, but whatever. And then I think of my favorite J dub moment, which was when J will was at the three point line and did that little handoff for J dubs first three pointer in that first summer league game. I loved that. So those are the two things that have like stuck out. That's obviously not a, not a lot so far. I, don't know if we've seen him on the court with Chet yet, which I would kind of just like to see it just to, you know, yeah. just to see. Maybe they t- play a team that has just like a huge front line and maybe they feel like, oh, let's throw J. Will out there with Chet and just see how it goes. Do they play I'd kind of like to see that. Do they play Detroit? Uh, I hope so. Beef Stew and Duran? Yeah. It's pretty big. That's big. Um, yeah, so I, yeah, it's, it's, he's definitely one of the guys along with Jang where I'm excited to see them in Vegas more than some of the other players, because I still have those questions and kind of just want to see more. Uh, at postal weight 11, is it considered a failure if Poku develops into just a good role player? I think that we could resign him on a low contract since he hasn't shown much consistency and he'll still only be 23 by that time. Then he could even could even have even more years to continue to get comfortable. Um, no, I think it would be considered a great success if he becomes. Dude, if Poku is in the league, player, yeah, in five years, that regardless of what he's doing yeah. on the team, that is a massive success. And I'm not saying that like he's definitely going to bomb out of the league, but like a player like that who is that much of a project, if he is in the league in five years, like that is a huge accomplishment. And we should be thrilled if he is a like functioning role player on this team. Yes, yes. If he just because what he needs to become a functioning role player is to hit shots. 
you yes, know, he does. if he's knocking down shots with consistency and can be a decent team defender, good passer, good in transition, and if that's what he is, you have absolute. It's a slam dunk for the seventeenth pick. Like we have to remember, he was the seventeenth pick in the draft. He wasn't the seventh pick. If he was the seventh pick, then yeah, you can be like, man, that what a bust of a pick at seven to get just a guy who's like your eighth guy. But if he becomes your eighth guy, you're doing something right. So I, that's I mean that's honestly where I'm at is if they can I would actually like that's the bar just get him to become a role player and if he can reach that then you're feeling really good you're feeling really good cuz honestly like it's it's not in the in the next like 3 years it's not going to be easy for him to just like make the team yeah for sure and for them to just hand him a second contract like there's not going to be just rotation minutes handed out even this season, let alone after next year's draft where they're going to add a piece that will probably play 30 minutes, and then the year after that they're going to have multiple picks again. I mean, there's nothing guaranteed to anybody, honestly. I mean, outside of Shea, Giddy, Chet, Dort, like, who knows who's going to play and who's going to be the ones to like snag the minutes. I mean, those guys, I think, will play big minutes. And then to me, it is up for grabs. Like, who is going to, who is going to grab those minutes? I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. And I think, uh, you know, this is a huge year for Poku. Like, yeah. would it shock you if by the end of next year, the Poku experience is kind of just petered out throughout the season and we're, we're kind of just not talking about Poku anymore? Like, that wouldn't shock me as an outcome of this season. Because yeah. like you said, he's just not going to be guaranteed minutes. Like last year was a really good opportunity for him because the roster as a whole was just a lot weaker. This year, it's going to be challenging. And we're going we're gonna to get some indication of how they feel about him. I expect that they'd pick up his fourth-year option. But, you know, that's something they still have to do because he's going to be paid $5 million, not next season, but the season after, um, if they pick up that team option. So I suspect they still believe in him and are still invested in this project. Yeah. Um, but he has to start shooting at a high level at some point, more, maybe more than any other player this season mm-hmm. needs to start shooting at a high level. Yeah. Yeah. The shot is the, the biggest concern with him uh, at Luke Raybans. Do you think that Lindy mm. and Veet showed improvement in Utah and then how nervous are you about Chet versus Jabari, Chet versus Paolo in the Summer League? And do you think the Thunder can win the Summer League title? Uh, so first question, Lind- Lindy Veet. Lindy Veet. Uh, they have looked the part. You know, they, 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 look, uh, they don't look out of place. Say that. Um, you know, Lindy does his thing. He's, he's a very good shooter. And yeah. when he gets the ball behind the three-point line, like, he's up there on the team with guys I feel most confident in it's about to go in. So, like, he he has convinced me there. And with Veet, I mean, you're starting to see some of the athleticism you heard about. I mean, he had that he really nice chase good, down man. block. I was actually I – I'm kind of in on Veet a little bit. Kind of in on Veet. Oh, uh, so, yeah, I, I think both of those guys – 
I'm totally cool with going into the season with both of them, uh, whether it's on two-way. I, I think it, with Lindy, it would definitely be a two-way. With Veet, they could convert him to a two-way, right? Or is he already guaranteed for next year? He's not guaranteed yet. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with him. I would guess that they'd keep him, but I guess we'll um, see. Yeah, so I'm, I'm feeling fine about those guys. And then in terms of those matchups, like honestly, we've already seen the Apollo matchup yeah. with Chet. Yeah. So I would expect a similar result where Apollo's going to beast him on a few, Chet's going to get him on a few. Like mm-hmm. it's going to be Those two so guys fun. have battled a lot. The arena's going to be on fire. It's going to be so fun. I like the Chet Jabari matchup more for Chet just because I'm less afraid of Jabari like blowing past him or bodying him up. Yeah. So I, I I would favor Chet in that matchup. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a jump shooter. Which that's the first matchup, right? That's on Saturday. Tomorrow. Saturday, yes. Tomorrow. Yeah. Again, I'd be more afraid of Tari than I am of Jabari. Because <sighs> yeah, Tari, Tari is... If he can just not let Tari get to his right hand, then you're, he's fine. Like if Chet knows to not yeah. let him get to his right hand... Yeah then he won't be able to do it because he cannot dribble with his left hand. Guy, um, Tari had such a great summer league line. It was like six for 17, two for nine from three, minus 21, but just like filling up the stat He Just filling it up. He tries to stay involved so much. Um, he's not my guy. I'll say that. Not my guy, but played well at times last night. Uh, and and then the summer league title. I don't think so. If I were to predict, I would say no. If they play like their entire team the whole time, they definitely could. Um, but most teams don't do that. Usually, like the guys, the teams that win the summer league, they have they either play their guys the whole time, or they've got like some like veteran guard on the team who's just lights up the summer league. You know, yeah. And the Thunder really don't have that, so. Let's see. Um, I'm very excited to watch Golden State. I was trying to think of teams that might have a chance to to actually win. Because yeah. apparently Kuminga and Wiseman are going to play, which is very exciting. Yeah. Yeah, they will, they will be really fun. The Wiseman stuff is very interesting. It's very interesting. They play today, right? They do. What time is that at? You can go, Andrew. You're there. I know. I'm very excited about that one. I got to be there. Um, let's see. OKC Skittles wants to know your favorite player on the Thunder. Not necessarily the best. As of today, I mean, it's Shea or, it's, it's Shea or Giddy. Yeah. Um, I've seen Giddy more recently, so I'll go Giddy. Yeah. But, yeah, I just like I just really like both of those guys. They're... They're very entertaining to watch. Yeah. It's easy to pa- be- it's easy to, to like just glance over the passing stuff from Giddy because we've seen it yeah. so much. But man, was he impressive yesterday with just some of the stuff that he was doing. Like he's I just I mean not only Shay, we talked about like Shay with Chet, but like Giddy with Chet and Shay and J Dub and those guys all out on the court at the same time. It's like look at all the offensive weapons. The surround Giddy now, and like he's going to get them the easiest shots. I mean, I think that's going to be so much fun. 
to see it. Uh, the War- Warriors play the Knicks at 5 p.m. Pacific. Oh, okay. I'll Who's be there. The Knicks? I'll at least watch, be able to oh, watch my, oh, my time. gosh. The worst game. Suns-Lakers is the nightcap. 7 p.m. Pacific. I don't know if you saw the Suns Summer League roster. And the Lakers one isn't much better. Well, they I mean, don't care they about Mac- they don't care about the draft. Why would they care about summer league? I'm surprised they even sent a team. I don't know. It's that no one will show up for that game. Yeah. Shout out to Max Christie though. Although it is like Phoenix and LA, which are like LA is like four hours from here. Phoenix is I don't yeah. Know they might just have fans in the building. Yeah, there's just Lakers fans that are just here, but. You know, I don't know. Max. There's actually a lot of terrible games today, Andrew. What do we got? Nets, Bucks, Nuggets, Timberwolves. Who's like Nuggets? You got a uh, Christian Brown, but Timberwolves. Yeah. Maybe Bones is playing. I don't know. Yeah, maybe Spurs, Cavs. Sohan is out. I know that's such a bummer. All summer league. Mavericks, Bulls. I mean, Mavericks. You got a uh, Jalen Hardy. That's that's kind of intriguing. Jaden, yeah. I think Hornets Pacers is probably the best game because the Hornets have like all their guys from last year who never played a minute. So you'll see like Kai Jones, James Book, James Book Knight. Get to you'll see get Mark all the Williams busts of last year. Yeah, and then uh, and then the Pacers have Benedict Matherin. So then Matherin will be fun. I uh, I'm actually not going to be at most of the games today. Anyways, we have a um, NBA summit for the athletic today. Oh so, wow! Yeah, I'm going there in 30 minutes. I don't really know what that means, but we're about to find out. Um, Evans Tanya 86 wants to know if we should be concerned about Josh's three ball. I think we addressed that a little bit earlier, but I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm concerned. I would also say I'm not encouraged. Yeah, I, I, there's. I have not seen anything different from the regular season, so my opinion is still the same. Like, yeah, just waiting. Yeah, just waiting. Uh, Isaiah seven eight five eight zero eight four six. I wonder if those numbers mean something to Isaiah. Um, he brings up the the Chet shirts, which I'm glad he did. You can go to our mm-hmm. Twitter account and look at these Chet shirts and purchase one. If you would like, if you have already purchased one in the first batch, I believe those are being shipped out sometime in the next few days. So you should see yours quite soon. Um, at OKC Chris Zero, how badly will we regret passing on Jalen Duran? Uh, hand over face emoji. Hey, what? What? Because I didn't watch the rest of that game. Why did he only play twelve minutes? Did he get hurt? I don't know. I don't think you did. Oh. Okay. Um, I mean, listen, I, I really like Jalen Duren, uh, and you saw some of the reasons why. Like he just he brings a level of, of athleticism to the court that just not very many guys do um, at his size. And so I I was open to the idea of that being a really fun pairing with Chet. Whether we regret it or not, I mean, we still have to just see what. Jalen Duran turns into like is he just going to be like a really solid like bouncy rim running guy or because he even saw it in the first summer league game like is he going to develop some like passing chops and like be a little bit more versatile of a big man than maybe some people thought coming into the league 
I think that's when his ceiling and upside starts like coming more into focus. I still don't know if he's ever going to like shoot. Like yeah. I wouldn't expect that. But yeah, if he becomes so. like a really good passer, like yeah, that changes a lot and now you're feeling like a little more regretful. Yeah. I the thing is that I don't think I think they think that Chet's a 5. I think that the team wants to play him as like a five out spacer and a guy that protects the rim. And one, if you draft Jalen Duran, you can't play five out. And then two, if Duran then just becomes like your like super backup, then you really can't develop him in a way that makes sense. Cause I do think that like the idea is to pair Chet with a versatile, strong forward like JRE. And, Maybe it is Jeremiah that becomes like the long-term starter next to him. Maybe it's somebody else that does. I don't know. But I just have a hard time seeing that pairing working whenever the Thunder with the the plan that I think the Thunder want to carry out. You know, I would if I'm making the decisions, it would be Chet's the five, and we're gonna have spacers around them, and we're gonna be incredibly versatile offensively. Whereas if you have Duran, like yes, he's going to go to catch lobs. If he was your only center, let's say that they didn't get Chet, let's say that they got if they got Jabari, I'd be way more open to, to having a guy like Duran on the team. But they have Chet, and so mm-hmm. I don't like the idea of those guys together. But then, then what was the Jalen Williams pick then? What was Jay Will? Because that's not someone you would draft if your idea of the team is purely five out. Um, I mean, he's more, he's more skilled than Duran is offensively as far as like passing and he will take threes. Um, I think he's a bench big and a guy that is fine playing like 10 minutes a game where like with Duran, like I think Duran's going to be a starting level player and you don't want to play a starting level player 15 minutes a game because like your center that spaces the floor is going to take up a majority of the minutes. Like it just doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, you have to not only have like the willingness to develop these guys, like you have to have the minutes to develop them. You know, in Detroit, he's going to have ample minutes to develop. In Oklahoma City, I just don't see, you know, as long as Chet's here, I don't see the minutes there. So, you know, I think that there's, those are probably the reasons why. Um, okay, Al, anything else you want to get off your chest before we go? Anything that you're looking oh. forward to seeing in the summer league? Over the weekend, um, other than the Thunder, I, 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 they did a great job scheduling the first day. Yeah, um, because those really were—I mean, the, the Houston Orlando matchup really was what I wanted to see, and then I really wanted to see Shaden Sharp, uh, which I will continue have to wait for that. Yeah, but that's okay. You know, I can't complain, Andrew. I'm trying to look at some of these other teams. Is there anyone that really jumps out to me? You know, Orlando, Sacramento on Saturday. I'm yeah. kind of into that. Okay. I want to yeah. see Keegan versus Paulo. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. OKC Houston is a great matchup. It's This is a weird draft year, though. There yeah. are not as many like obvious marquee guys that I want to see compared to last year. I feel like last year was just like every game yeah. there was someone. Yeah. And part of that is like... I get I get now why Orlando like didn't send Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner. Yeah. Like, yes, it is super fun as a fan to watch Josh Giddy 
Like I'll always take an opportunity to watch Josh Giddy. But at the same time, like I'm not learning anything new. I'm realizing after three games of Josh Giddy in summer <laughs> league, like I'd rather see these other guys who I have way more questions about yeah. get a chance and see what they could be at this point. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for, for, for Vegas. Yeah. If they give us one giddy game, great. I'll take it. Maybe even that, that first game against Houston, make it a marquee game, get Chet in there. Giddy. Hey, that would be very fun. That would be very fun. I would, but very much. Unlike, that. unlike last year where you were really scrounging, for something to talk about by the end of Vegas. I think there's going to be plenty to talk about, even if Giddy is sitting, even if like the other second year guys are sitting, there's just so much, there's so many more guys to look at on the court. Yeah. It's legitimately hard to watch these games because there's five guys on the court. I'm kind of interested in their development and you can't like watch all of them individually on every single play. Right. Yeah. No, I hear you. (laughs) I think it's going to be so fun. It's gonna be so. I really do hope they play Giddy. I don't know if they will. I, I don't know. I have no clue what's gonna happen with this team here in Vegas. But well, enjoy your summit, Andrew. Oh, it's gonna be a wonderful summit. I actually ran into the No Dunks guys in person yesterday, which is um, oh cool. A, uh, just a weird experience seeing people that you've been listening to for like I don't know fifteen years. Um, so that was cool. Uh, yeah, should be should be good stuff. Uh, thanks so much for listening to the show. Hope you guys are doing well. Enjoy the summer league of basketball, and we will be back with you guys again on Monday.